0: You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello everyone, and this is a producer, writer, star, however you want to put it, noted at the beginning of the show. So Uh, as you're going to hear, I have a fantastic interview coming up with Brian Sikowski, uh, not because I did it because he's a part of the show and he has a ton of knowledge and we just had a fun time talking and, uh, we'll go through and, you know, you're going to hear all sorts of things all over the map, but you know, again, this is one of the people I most respect in the industry of the draft and because we're having so much fun chatting, Our conversation in and of itself was 40 minutes, uh, and that's just the part I recorded. We probably had close to an hour, uh, if not more, that was also just off the mic. So because we had all of this stuff, and I think it's all fantastic, I think, you know, again, Brian is great at what he does, I am going to chop this up into two shows. So you're going to hear some of it here on Friday, and you're going to hear some of it on Monday and Again, it's a 40-minute show. Our podcasts are technically on the baseball side of things, supposed to be about 18 minutes without commercials. Uh, So there's more than enough here for two podcasts. We touch on prospects, Indians' prospects. We talk about finances of the game. We talk about some Tigers and Indian stuff. We talk about high school baseball, uh, Ohio draft, how Michigan is changing for the draft. It's it's a wide ranging conversation, but I think it's a lot of fun. I think anyone out there who likes this podcast will like this. So, two parter, uh, part one, part two. And at the end of the show, Brian already agreed to come back. So, we will definitely have him on more. Like his, one of his big areas, and I'll, you'll hear a bit, is Juco. And we don't even touch the Juco ranks in this podcast. So, it was a great time. I had an absolutely fantastic time, and this is one of the smartest draft people I know. So sit back. You're going to have another intro, the official one I recorded with him, and then we just get right into things. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Indians. This is actually our second take, because in what will not be a surprise to longtime listeners, I had an issue with pronunciation. We have a fantastic guest on the show today, and I'm just going to go right into talking about our guest, uh, one of the people that I, when it comes to the draft uh our current guest who i haven't named yet uh is the person i go to first he's the person i'm always most intrigued to read about he does there's a lot of people out there who don't do the legwork and that always becomes very obvious who is actually going to places who is reviewing videos and uh it is very clear that today's guest uh brian Sikowski, is one of those people who does all the work and goes above and beyond the depth of knowledge is always amazing to me and as someone who dabbles in the draft um you can be a little bit sometimes. I know I will look at some people and you get annoyed and other people you're in awe. And Brian is someone that universally that people are in awe of, that he knows his stuff. So it's it's a great honor for our show to have him on today. Talk prospects, talk a little bit of draft. Thanks for joining me.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. I've been looking forward to it since we uh, started talking about doing it a couple of weeks ago, man. I'm excited we're, we're getting it done here.
0: Yeah, it's been, I, I think one of the things I loved best about when I kind of got to jump into the draft a few years ago was meeting people because by and large I think 95 percent of the people I have met who do the baseball draft have just been great people I have not yeah. run into a lot of uh issues in general there's maybe been one or two negative interactions in, in my time uh, but uh, especially because you're you're in Michigan uh, so I've you know we have a similar area so it's I've never actually run into you in person, but we've had uh, talks online. And uh, I feel like in that area, it was you and Burke Granger were the first two people Mm -hmm. I like connected with and got to talk with and get to know. And uh, like I mentioned at the start, I think it's the nice thing about the draft stuff too, is it's very easy to tell who's copying and pasting and who's following. And I, I, again, with you, just the, the Juco knowledge alone, I have no idea how you can keep it all apart. You uh, you run with such depth that I just it is a, an awe for for myself and I know Taylor when he worked with me and we would <laughs> go through the the stuff so it's uh like I said it is great to have you on right now for a lot of Indians fans it's uh, a trepidatious offseason uh, we know Lindor is leaving we know there'll be more prospects coming uh the team is still good enough to at least be okay. Okay, like they they're hoping to obviously ride their pitching all the way through but uh prospect interest is definitely peaking with fans after trading Clevenger after the likely I mean I think we can say the guaranteed trade of Lindor coming so without even talking about necessarily the big names who are some guys that maybe you scouted at various points or just guys you're following who are people that you specifically like in this system who are your guys in the Indian system
1: I mean, it's an old name. You know, he's been around for a long time, but I loved Nolan Jones when he was in high school. Loved him. Was all in, like, left-handed hitting. You know, he played shortstop at the time, but it was pretty easy to see he was probably going to end up being a third baseman or or maybe even a first baseman. But um, almost a just that he always hit. It was really easy to project power. Um, Cleveland sent an excellent job with him as far as an approach goes, you know, the walk numbers are up with a guy like that. And I know it's easy to like point at the guy who's like number one or, or you know, at least near the top spot for a lot of, uh, a lot of different lists for the Indians. But, um, man, I loved Nolan Jones. I was a big Tyler Freeman fan. Um, you know, I, I saw Daniel Espino pitch a ton. That guy's got unbelievable stuff. Uh, you know, the the worries about if he's a starter or not, whatever, long-term, who cares right now, man? You know, he's 19 and he's got really good stuff, so just roll with that. Um, was lucky enough to see Aaron Bracho play, uh, even as a guy who, like, I don't see international players for the most part. Like, you know, by the time, uh, even even the guys that play in aren't in perfect game events that are international players, they're usually done coming to PG stuff by the time they would, like, get into my – anyway i uh, spent a lot of time with like girl kids bracho was one of the ones i was able to see like that was pretty easy to see <laughs> you know like that was a guy like okay he's pretty good um yeah i'm just kind of scrolling through the pipeline list. Yeah, he's, he's one of those guys are kind
0: of lucky because due to injury not a lot of people even yeah. you know, indians writers have gotten to see him he's one of those guys like i hate to do it when i'm working on indians list but i have him like in the teens just because everything i have on him is second hand. Like I can't, I can't Uh, put him higher when it's all secondhand. It's, you know, I have my general rules that are just my own silliness about uh, age or or not age uh, relative levels. And, but I can't, I I have an issue with me just taking other people's stuff. So he's in the teens, but yeah, he's one of those guys that uh, everyone loves who sees him, but it's been a limited group who has, right. I, uh, you know, Nolan Jones always find interesting just to go back to that draft because he, I, the funny thing was I, I mocked him to the Indians uh, multiple times mm. in the first round. And if it didn't happen and I thought there was no way he was getting to him in round two. And then, you know, they, they cut that deal and we're lucky enough that uh, no one else came up above them. But it, it, that whole draft is one that uh, is paid quite a bit of dividends for the Indians, uh, even with uh, Benson not having quite uh, come together. I mean, I, I think, the thing with Will Benson, and maybe you'll agree or disagree, was he was always kind of a bit of boomer bust because of that hit mm-hmm. tool. That he was a guy that this outcome of what we've seen is not unexpected. Um, we could have also seen him be a star, but I think the Indians knew knowingly, and what we've seen with some of the other picks, like you know, you talked about Espino, where I've had debates with people like, could he pitch in the majors in the next like year if you just put him in a pen and let him go? And it's a huge risk. And Brady Aiken, huge, like that seemed to be their thing. They were going for risk. They were not risk adverse. Let's put it that way with some of those early picks for a while in there.
1: Definitely. And, you know, it's like an element of that is is how heavy they are on drafting like the youngest guys, you know, as far as their model goes. And you saw that with Will Benson and it's been the same case with a lot of the guys they've taken high up. Espino was one and Bo Naylor was another. And, you know, Hankins is relatively young for the class. And um, yeah. And there, therein lies some heavier risk, you know, cause like the, the closer to a finished product, a guy is, the easier it is to project his future. Um, so when you're, when you're trying to sign the kids who are the youngest, the, the ones who are 17 and a half. And um, you know, I, I think Lenny Torres was even younger than that at the time. <laughs> when he was drafted, but it's at the same time, you're you're then like trying to buy their development years. You know what I mean? You're trying to control more of, of how they develop. So like, it's, it's like you said, man, it's, it's big boom and bust. Benson was always going to be that guy. Um, You know, he might've been Jason Hayward and he might've been the guy that falls off prospect lists because the hit tools not there. And there's, there's some, like we talked about, man, there's risk there uh there's a lot of risk there always but man that's sometimes it's hard to pass the upside you know what i mean it's hard to pass that up
0: it is interesting too though just from the 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 academy of we're talking about all these like big risk guys like they went out and they went for youth um with a lot of them but you know again just like aiken being a risk guy or um I'm blanking on Quentin Holmes, another one of those Mm -hmm. like big risk guys and then all of their trades recently have been the opposite where it seems to be, if they're going to acquire a guy, you know, it's like uh, Owen Miller is a very safe profile. Uh, uh, You look at, I mean, Gabriel Arias, I think is more of that risk end of it but a lot of their pieces in those deals. They seem to go the other way. The Scott Moss, the very safe, like this is a sure major leaker in some form. So it's interesting how they just balance those out. I'm going to take a quick break and tell you about our sponsor for the day. Anyone who's been listening for a while knows our sponsor is Built Bar. Built Bar is the fantastic uh, tasting protein bar. I have tried a lot of protein bars through the years. As a teacher, I like to wake up as late as possible and then get on the road and get to work. I do not like mornings. Built Bar is what I grab, take in my car, eat on the way to work. It tastes great. It is very filling. And for someone like myself who is gluten free, it fits that as well. And the amazing thing is, most gluten free bars, I feel like my jaw is going to break while chewing. That is not the case with Built Bar. So if you want to check out Built Bar today, go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on, and you're going to get 20% off your order. I recommend the mixed box, get a lot of different flavors, see what works for you. Builtbar.com, promo code locked on. I have to ask while I have you the Clevenger deal. I've had so many people on, you know, online debate me about it. Uh, What was your overall feeling of the return on trading away someone like Clevenger?
1: Yeah. I mean, I didn't think they got like a dude, but I think they got like a lot of solid, you know what I mean? And that that's kind of depends on like how you value that, you know what i mean? like? I I don't think that any of the players they got back are like roll sixes you know, or or like how Clevenger's a seven, you know, they didn't get that dude back, but they got like, you know, however many six guys who realistically either have played and are contributing or like will be major leaguers. So uh, there's an element of balancing that, like, and there's some, I'm sure there's some monetary thing there where like, however many wins above replacement Clevenger, you know, adds to a team, it's costing you X millions of dollars. But like, what if you got that, that amount of value you know from four or five different guys and you're all you're paying them nothing or the you know major league minimum or they're on their rookie deals still or whatever it is so like i man i don't i we can have a longer discussion about how i feel about teams shedding salary uh but you know like i i thought it was fine um i thought they did a solid job of like sort of Spreading out the risk, I guess, in that sense. When you get that many players back, and you get some established guys like Hedges, and you get some guys who have been there, like Quantrill and Naylor, and um, and obviously Naylor had some big hits formed down the stretch there. And it's just like, I again, man, I don't want to. I'm talking too much. Like, I thought you're talking fine. fine. It's
0: great. It's all like
1: I I thought it was fine. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I didn't think they got fleeced. I just like. It's tough for me to like like applaud the team that trades away their dudes for like guys that aren't dudes, regardless of like how solid or how many they got. But that's just me, like I'm I'm the, you know, teams are owned by billionaires, man, pay, like pay dudes. Like That's just kind of where I'm at with it all.
0: <laughs> I mean, that was uh, the yesterday's podcast, the one for Thursday after uh, the waiver deadline, I went 35 minutes, which is longer than the show is supposed to go. And I think about fifteen minutes of was me ranting about yeah, billionaires like, owning teams. And...
1: Yeah, like I don't want to. Man, people like, well, you know, we got us the 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 fans you see on Twitter who, I'm not mad at them because I just mm-hmm. don't think they know. Like I don't think they realize. And it's just like, well, you know, we, we had to shed salary. Like, no, you didn't. No, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, if you wanted to, you could pay however much you wanted for a team and win every World Series. But I like, was... you know. The,
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say, like on that same thing, it's like you know I I intentionally brought up on the the show. It's like you know I go I go to all the baseball sites when I can every day, and I thought Craig Edwards did a deep dive on the Braves, and the Braves are interesting because publicly owned, we know more. And it's like, yeah, the Braves might take a bath this year, but over the last three years, they've made ninety million. So that's counting their losses. It's like,
1: yeah, like I don't want to hear it. No, you know
0: I I don't want to hear why you're oh we had a bad year, so we're gonna pillage the minors and we're gonna cut all of these players who are good players uh and then uh it's it, i don't know the last six months i still love baseball uh on every level but it's been it's been making it very much that when we have our issue with collective bargaining i'm going to be just in the players camp as deep as one oh, can yeah. get it's, there's no way to really defend uh the past year and the owners uh it, it's been ugly to watch and like as an in Indians podcast, we've talked many times that, um, when, uh, they lost their minority owner, the, the wallet shut and they've stopped spending on this team. And it's just how unfortunate because, wow. I mean, they have so many good pieces. It's still hard to get past the fact that you go back three years. And this was a rotation with pre-injury, Corey Kluber, Trevor Bauer, Carlos Carrasco, pre-cancer, shane bauer and or shane bauer shane bieber and mike clevenger like you had all five at once
1: listen as a as a native detroiter and tigers fan i'm well aware of how hatefully hatefully good that rotation was,
0: <laughs> it was i i mean was I, that the
1: year the tigers went one and 20 against cleveland i, I think,
0: think it, so <laughs> I, and it's yeah, I spent a lot of, because, you know, we do this every day. So I spent a lot of time last year just digging into the history of the Indians, putting together like the all time Indians team going through career war lists and this and that. And one could make a very strong case that that rotation is the greatest single season rotation in Indians history. I mean, they do have some years with Hall of Famers in there and some excellent players in the the 40s and 50s. But uh, I mean, one to five to be that good. Where, yeah. I mean, you go back, it's like what? uh three of the five now have Cy Young's
1: yeah yeah really (laughs) I I know it man (laughs) it's above I live hey when when, before I started my scouting career you know like when I was still just Tigers fanboy blogger guy um uh, it was just like you know that was the years where Verlander Scherzer Anibal Sanchez like Rick Porcello was the fifth starter like you know, like stuff like that. You know that those rotations, Doug Fister. You know, Um, so like I, I know the vibe of like watching that type of rotation, not winning a World Series and then watching it be disassembled, and like man, hurts my heart to think about it. I know it hurts Cleveland fans too for sure. Well, it's,
0: it's even like the one big contract was to Edwin Encarnacion, and I get why they did it, but it was probably always due to his age, a little bit ill advised, and then the double down when they trade him. It's like Carlos Santana was great in the first year, but people always forget that when they got Santana, they gave away Yandy Diaz and how much that player would now look good in, in Indians uniform. Uh, no question. It's, it's one of those few times that they really missed on a deal, but it's, uh, you know, at least with the tigers, when uh, the, the one thing I can say with is always been that, you know, when Illich was there, a, it feels like every two years we find out how he was just one of the best people in general on the planet, um, before mm-hmm. he passed and all the great things he did, but B, the way he just kind of spent and tried yep. his best to get there. Uh, I'm always going to have mad, mad amounts of respect for that.
1: He wanted to win a world series. He didn't want to like make 30 more million dollars off his team like this year. No, he wanted to win the world series. And like, that's, I, I don't know if, I I don't know if it's a sign of the times. I don't know if I'm like waxing too poetic here about years gone by, but like, it doesn't seem like that's the case with a lot of ownership across professional sports nowadays. Um, Just like that dude did not care when I want the trophy, please, you know, and tried to do it. And, and he gave Dave Dombrowski, like the, the keys to the kingdom said, sign who you want. Let's go win the thing, trade who you want. I don't care. you know, and I, it was it was a fun time to to be growing up in, in Detroit and it was a fun time to be a, a Tigers fan and it was especially fun to like be sort of starting a career in baseball um or at least at the the, be- really the beginnings of it when they were that good. Um it, it was just man, I, I I'm getting pardon me, you might have to edit that I'm <laughs> drop an F bomb there. Um you, know, you got me all emotional now. Oh, no, I Tigers, understand. But <laughs>
0: No, it's, like I said, I miss George Steinbrenner. I never thought I'd say those words, but I, I do, right? you know, like <laughs> it, it, people hated him because he spent, but man, at least he spent. It's
1: he spent. Yeah.
0: I'd love to see team. I would, we'll never see it, but I'd love to see the true books. Like I, I you know, for, I, I don't deny teams lost money this year, but they made 10 billion last year. I have a hard time feeling yeah. that uh, it's as dire as they make it. That's the,
1: the seriously, like the, the biggest PR trick anybody's ever pulled is like making people feel bad for billionaires, or like you know, like make making the average fan like like vilify high like high payroll teams, like oh the Yankees just buy championships. Well, like yeah, that's literally the point, you know, or or like how and and this is I have a lot of respect for how the Rays do things and their process internally and their player dev and, and all that, but like. I don't I didn't love how like it became this rallying cry for for fans across baseball to cheer for the Rays because they're like a small budget team. Like, no, why are you giving the dude props who's ripping people off? You know, just just my thoughts on it. But
0: no, I my my pulling for the Rays was more the Indians' ties, I'll be honest. Between, sure. And sure. and that's one of those things too, like Joey Wendell is a very easy player to root for. Um, absolutely. And it's kind of humorous nowadays. Like I just talked about the 2012 class yesterday, because Naquin was like, go that he was the 10K senior sign. And Yeah. Yeah. And and honestly, it's like they had a 5K senior sign in Josh Martin, uh, the pitcher who ended up being a rule five pick by San Diego. He never made it to the majors, but I'm like, your 10K and your 5K sign outdid all of your hundred thousand four right. hundred. It's, you know, and that's kind of why I love the draft and baseball in general is those stories and it is funny you you talk about it's like we vilify quote-unquote greedy players and how many of these players grew up absolutely uh you know destitute or in not great situations it's not always the case yeah i mean there's right you know obviously pico armstrong comes to mind just in recent terms of someone who came from a you know a a famously well-to-do family because he had actor parents but a lot of these players are not and even the american kids don't always grow up in uh in the best environments or in you know an environment even if it's a good environment they may not have much and right. where we get mad at a quote-unquote greedy player who whose family might have you know nothing outside of this as opposed to the owner who inherited a few billion dollars and just has kept going there or
1: i yeah. mean uh, the I rallying
0: cry like around riling cry around steve cohen and i mean it'll be great if he spends but let's not forget he's still being investigated for insider trading and we're acting yeah. like he's a <laughs> a savior. And, it, and I'll say at the same time, I've been very honest that, you know, the Wilpons uh, were terrible for baseball and I'm glad they're gone, but it's, it's interesting that the, like I said, the poor kid is the villain and the guy who did insider trading um, is the hero.
1: Yep. Yep. It's just, it's like I said, dude, it's the greatest like PR stunt ever that somehow it's, you know, it's, it's bad to, want the player who is actually doing the work to be paid for his work <laughs> you know like, yeah, it, unbelievable
0: and with you know the fact that this is a sport that like I mean I joked about online that like they can't they can't market their players and then uh, after the KB after KBO the the championship in the Korean League and they had the sword trophy and everyone kind of lost their mind on Twitter for a day about that I was like most people can't even name the baseball trophy I'm like they can't market their players or their trophies like <laughs> but yet the PR, can figure out how to do that, (laughs) can figure out how to to set themselves up. It's, I mean, and I can go back. I mean, I was only an eighth grader when we had the last strike uh, to to give away my age on the show. But I mean, I was totally all about greedy players then. So it just took growing up and kind of seeing the game. And I do think it helps when you have spent some time around the players and they become like people. I think for too many fans, they're not people. It's almost like-
1: No question. An
0: actor or an actress.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about that, definitely.